2022 was the first summer for FSY. That stands for, For the Strength of Youth. These are youth camps put on by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. During June, July, and August, youth across North America traveled by stakes to various university campuses for a one-week spiritual experience. Through group activities, games, dances, devotionals, and classes, youth found various ways to help them connect with heaven and draw closer to their Savior Jesus Christ. In the next three episodes of I Am In, we will interview key players and positions that make these camps unique and inspiring for youth ages 14 to 18. Episode 1, Session Directors. Episode 2, Young Adult Counselors. And Episode 3, Seminary and Institute Teachers. We look forward to spending the next few weeks with you. This is Michelle Burke, the host of the I Am In podcast and an institute teacher for the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion. So today we have the opportunity to talk to FSY teachers who traveled the summer to teach at the various FSY camps for the strength of youth. And so around the table, we have four teachers. If you would just introduce yourself and tell us where you were able to teach what session this summer. I'm Brother Dougal. We're <laughs> all looking around at who's going to speak. Um, I'm Brother Dougal. I taught at uh, Moscow um, during the uh, 4th of July weekend. Okay, I'm Sister Troutman, and I taught at the Missoula, Montana session sometime in June, and then also the Warrensburg, Missouri session in late June or July. I don't remember. I'm Brother Troutman. I, I am Sister Troutman's husband. I joined her to teach at the Missoula, Montana session at the end of June. I'm Brother Johns, and I taught in Moscow on the 4th of July weekend as well. So lots of various sessions. Um, let's start with just how did we first learn that FSY was going to be part of your summer assignment as a Seminary Institute employee? Because um, that was new this year for this church program. Prior to FSY, especially for youth down in Provo, would let teachers apply. If you wanted to come speak or be a teacher, you'd apply, you'd submit sometimes a video sample or even come in and do a sample teaching lesson. And this summer, with the church going through all North America, they pulled into the Seminary and Institute program and said, let's have our instructors who already train teachers be the teachers at all of the sessions, which is a brilliant plan. But how did you learn about it? And, and how did you decide that this was something you'd want to try? I'd actually heard about it last year in Utah. They had mentioned, because they did a pilot session um, close to us, and they had mentioned that we would be on rotation for teaching. In Utah, it was going to be like once every four years you would have the opportunity to teach. Um, so then when we moved up here, Brother Perry had just kind of asked if we would be willing to travel this summer to teach at FSYs, and I was stoked because I thought it would be a better way than sitting in my office all summer. <laughs> so I was excited about it because... I mean, in our region, it's unique. You have an opportunity a lot more often to teach than you do in Utah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think I just, I was talking to our region director and said, hey, I, I want to do something this summer. And he said, we got things to do. And so we were originally scheduled to go to Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, and then because of COVID, they shut that down. And, and so we got switched to Moscow and oh, nice. the rest is history. So. <laughs> I think there were emails that were sent out where they asked for oh that's right uh, for help and especially with Emma they had asked they wanted sisters to be able to travel and and go because there's not you don't often get sisters that can 
in your area that the youth have that example for. And so um, when those came out, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to because I was just a full-time teacher on that track. And But then I... I asked if I could join her at one of them, and Tim was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So, but I think there were emails that came out about it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that's so the chance to hear about it, and it was the first summer, and so there was a lot of unknown as well, right? So, talk about your training to go be a teacher FSY, and and for those listening, SNI teachers have trainings every summer. We're always being trained on how to teach and how to reach the one and how to really help them find that deep doctrine. So you're already trained as a teacher, but then what additional training did they offer you in preparation for teaching the large group sessions at FSY? Well, I mean, they offered some online Canvas training. And so there were several modules that we were supposed to cover and and kind of look into. And they talked about teaching in big groups and what that looks like. They offered a few videos of examples of teaching. And... uh, yeah, I mean that was that was kind of what I remember of the training for it. Yeah, and it's it's this even next year. It's supposed to get better um, with all the all the <laughs> input back. They said there's going to be a lot of new things, and and I think it'll be awesome. Yeah, it definitely felt like it was structured like they just pulled it from the EFY <laughs> training because some of the things that you went over in the training, we as teachers already are aware of and like know those things because this is our job so some of it felt kind of redundant in that way because you're like well this is not my first time teaching so I think it will be interesting to see how it's adjusted for full-time teachers to be a little bit more adapted to us which is to say like like Will you mentioned earlier that it like it's very thorough everything you would need to know if you had never taught in seminary or anything like that the training is very thorough how to teach in big groups how to uh, use visuals, how to engage and, and validate people's comments, like all over the spectrum. They just, they're very thorough in the training. So, Yeah, and it's a different experience. When you go from a seminary classroom or an institute classroom situation where maybe you have 25 or 30 students and all of a sudden you have 100, 150, 200 kids walking into your classroom and it's your responsibility to let them have an experience with heaven. And you have to really pull out all the stops on how am I going to make this next hour for these youth special. So as you were preparing your lessons, what were things that came to mind? What inspiration did you have that this is something that would be powerful if I could do with the youth in the room? I think having a, an institute background is a little bit different perspective because as an institute teacher for the last several years, you know, we teach classes of 70, 80, 150, and it's just kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, so it really wasn't, for me, in my mind, it wasn't anything different than what I've already been doing. But I think for someone who hasn't had that background or perspective, I don't think you treat it any differently than a classroom of 30, in my opinion. I think you go in knowing that I'm going to have 150 kids and I'm going to ask questions and they're going to participate and we're going to engage in different activities. And and uh, so, I don't know, I think maybe if you haven't had that perspective or that opportunity, you might think, oh, I've got to do something really different. But for me, it was just... This is what we do, whether it's a class of 30 or 150. I don't know, Trevor, if you've had any insight on that. I think so. Just moving a little bit differently around the classroom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The setup that they had in my classroom was long and really skinny. And and so we had kids a mile back. So I just had to move throughout the class and sit down with them and and just just have fun with them. Um, They, I mean, they come wanting, even though they don't always know it, they come wanting. And and that's the great thing is they, as they start to open up a little bit, uh, they 
they really start to feel the inspiration. They really start to feel the the teachings, and, and then it's great to watch them come back and back again, and and just have better experiences as the week goes on. Absolutely, I think too. I kind of over prepared initially because I wasn't sure if it was going to feel more like a lecture or like a class, and wanting it to be engaging so that they don't just fall asleep. You know, <laughs> like um, I had just kind of over prepared on my end and and realized that even though they were in a big group, a lot of them still really wanted to share and participate and be a part of it. So the first day I kind of had to figure out, like I just pared down my lessons a lot and left more room for their participation because I realized that they still wanted to share. Like they were not expecting a lecture situation. They were still, they were ready to participate in a group discussion, even though there was over a hundred of them. Well, and, and our youth are so into technology and interaction yeah. that, that their attention span is not prepared for just a lecture, right? They're, right? they're ready for interaction and media and music and group conversation and individual con- Like, they're ready for all of it because that's what they see all day long. Yeah, I was just going to add in there. I think part of my concern going into it was not necessarily me as a teacher with 150 kids, but, but them as students having 150 kids in a class, would they still be willing to... <laughs> To share. To participate. Yeah. And I had kids, you know, the day before the dance, I said, who's excited for the dance? And everyone raises their hand. I said, okay, I need three kids up here to show me your best dance moves. And they were like up there just quickly. I got kids break dancing on the stage. And, <laughs> I love it. and uh, it was awesome. But I was like, this, these kids have no fear of, of being in front of large groups. And, well, they, and they, they loved it. That's the unique setting of FFSY, right? So yeah. here you have all these youth with the same beliefs, the same background, wanting something. I think that's a key thing you said, Brother Dougal, is wanting something. Mm-hmm. And they come hungry. Where, you know, in our typical classrooms from day to day, they come and we love them. But they don't come wanting as much as they did that week. Yeah. So, And they have more courage because they feel the safety of that setting. They know everyone will support them. And aren't the youth amazing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they cheer for everything that happens, uh, no matter everything. what. Everything. Yeah. After yeah. a prayer. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes in applause, you're like, wow, all right, okay. Oh, well, and I love that. I know. We'd have them stand to sing the theme song with the lyric videos, and then they'd cheer for the song, and then they came up to give the prayer, and they'd cheer for the prayer, and, and they'd cheer for every act at the variety show. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, there was so much love and so much support. Yes. I think that was a big thing, Sister Burke, just in preparation, just that trust in the youth that they would come wanting to share and wanting to participate and really creating an environment where they can teach each other. And they did. Um, we just, I know for myself, I just tried to set it up to where youth could testify and teach us. And, and it was amazing as we talked about our feelings about the Savior in one class and it was really, it was just a simple question, but as more hands went up and as these youth just went around and just shared how they felt when they, they knew how the Savior felt about them and just hearing comment after comment after comment, you could just feel it, just the feeling just grow in the room and everyone is just contributing. And it was, it was a powerful experience because they're there for each other and they're teaching each other so much. That's awesome. Just had a maybe, and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but uh, or if, if this was on the agenda to discuss. But uh, two weeks ago, our stake went to FSY, and the entire stake went, and they came back. And uh, that next that that weekend was fast and testimony meeting. Oh, awesome! And 
unbeknownst to the bishopric or to any of us, you know, bishop says, okay, it's now your time to share your testimony. And 30 priests and laurels or wow. young women's. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Just, I mean, the whole sacrament was <laughs> literally all of these youth that went to FSY. And we went like 20 minutes over. And Nobody's going to stop that. No, yeah. no. And, and the <laughs> ward was like, it? yeah, and the power was there, and the ward was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And um, the bishop kind of had to step up like 20 minutes over and kind of go, okay, we're going to have one more. And um, But he said in that moment when he stood up, he said, the Spirit has kind of been nudging me to say this. And he said, never in my experience have I seen what we saw today after I've took the priest on a 50-mile hike or yes. after I've taken the priest hiking or uh, rafting. Mm-hmm. Right. He said to the parents of the ward, he said, so if you think that your youth are not hungry for the things of the Spirit, you're wrong. Very true. Because we've never seen anything like this. They just were fed for a week. And here we are seeing this entire ward of youth just bearing testimony. So anyways, getting to maybe a question we might discuss is what make, what, what created that fire at FSY, what created that culture? We talk about, you know, they're excited and they're cheering and what enabled them to be that and to do that and to have that fire for that week and how do we create that fire moving forward in our wards, in our classrooms? Anyways, maybe just a thought or a question mm-hmm. for you guys to, to, to throw some thoughts out on this. On our first yeah. day, so as, as session director, we were out there welcoming the buses, and it was in the rain. The kids had been on the bus for six hours, oh, and, wow. and they're getting off to something they've never been to before, right? This yeah. is the first summer, so they're not sure. And they're coming up to us. Brother Brooke and I had the wristbands. We were welcoming each one, looking them in the eye, so excited about it. And they were just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. And they came with the guardedness that they have to carry through high school. They, they're very guarded because kids can be mean and situations are hard. And there isn't a lot of safe feelings when you are with a variety of kids in a, in a public high school setting. So that first moment, you could see that. You could see the guardedness. By that night, when we gathered for family home evening and we had all of 450 youth in this ballroom and they're standing and singing together, you almost saw those facades fall. And then as different youth were asked to stand up and speak in the microphone and kids started clapping for them, you saw their eyes go, what is happening? Like it it was the magic. I just stood back and watched those youth because we had the advantage of being on the stage. And every time a youth stood, that facade changed. And then all of a sudden by Tuesday, they're opening up. And by Wednesday, after the first dance, they're wide open. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they're chatty, you know, with their companies and, and in the night with their youth. And the safety of the environment, when all of those youth gather and realize, I had no idea we all felt this way. And they do come with stakes, but even in stakes, they have to put on that shield of protection emotionally, mentally. But here... All of that went away, and the counselors who were magical made it a safe place. The teachers taught things that kids were feeling sometimes for the very first time. And the vulnerability of every youth, I think, really brought that feeling, that that safe spot where they they were almost just fire hydrant with the spirit. They were constantly yeah. like, you are loved, you are mine, you are incredible. And by the time they get home, I wish we knew how many fast and testimony meetings had that gushing of youth sharing what they felt, what they learned, what they knew to be true. 
And I think that will be key moving forward to keeping that fire is if they want to share something about FSY, you let them. Mm-hmm. Like, let them have that opportunity to, like, reopen those feelings and reopen those memories. I mean, you hear it all the time with return missionaries. Like, 50 years after their mission, they're still talking about these experiences because it changed them. And every time you talk about it, the Spirit can reconfirm those things that you felt. So I think it will be vital in our classrooms and in young men's and young women's and you know, anything moving forward, if they want to talk about it, give them the space to be reminded of those feelings and experiences. I think adding to that, uh, there's three words I think about when creating environments, consistent, intentional, authentic. And I think that the hard part for a lot of these youth is they, they may have one or two of those in their homes, but they don't often have all three. And that's a hard thing. Like within the walls of a seminary classroom, we often have the authentic, we often have the intentional, but rarely do we have consistent. And, and that's the, the more that those three, three things are applied, the more that they can have experiences that are real. And, and so I think, you know, as we are consistently teach, um, so many times I think to myself, people don't struggle because of the truthfulness of the gospel. People struggle because of their misunderstandings of the gospel. I I don't think I have ever struggled with a true teaching, but I have definitely struggled with many inconsistent teachings. And that's the, you know, the more that they, they can see that and recognize, hey, some of what I believe is not real. It's a perception that I've created to keep me safe. But if I use the gospel in a way to keep me safe, rather than guarding myself, rather than hiding, rather than, it it puts me in a position that I can have an experience that is just real. And I think that's when the spirit is there, when there is authenticity, when kids are open, when they're real, when they recognize not everyone's, you know, not even my teachers are perfect. Um, When they recognize there's consistency, we're doing this throughout the entirety of the week. We're praying more. We're studying our scriptures more. We're, We're being real more often. Um, and having those experiences. And then ultimately, as they do that, they, they have this experience that is just real to them. And then it becomes something a part of their life more than just, oh, yeah, we had this cool experience. It's I can have that. I can experience that. I can be a part of that outside of FSY. I can have more experiences that are real, that are authentic, that are consistent. And that last one, intentional, I think, is everything. Like, I have to be willing to put in my full self. And for those students that did, they had an experience. And there were some that didn't. Um, I remember the very first day a kid came to me and said, I'm going to go home today. And it was fun to sit down with him and, well, why? And well, you know, this. And, and he was coming up with all these, well, because I have this and because I, and as we talked, I just said, no, none of that. Like, let's just, let's just try it out. Let's just try it out. And, and I just kept going back. No, let's just try it out. And he stayed all five days He kept coming back to my class. You know, he didn't really ever talk or anything else, but you you recognize that he felt safe and he felt like it was going to be okay. And I think they want to take that back home. Mm -hmm. And I just pray every parent, when they walked back in that door, allowed that to happen because that that would make all the difference in their life right there. I love that. You had uh, someone that come to your class that said, during Brother Dougal's lesson about the enabling power of agency, his words spoke to me so much. 
his story about the Lord asking him to do something hard, but it filled him with frustration, is actually a story I could relate to with my own personal experience. He taught me the importance of opening up my perspective and seeing truth. Oh, these are just good kids. <laughs> they, they are, but, wow. but that's the power. And in Brother John's, too, you had one that said, he talked about his struggles through high school, and it helped me realize that more people are like me than I thought, and I am not alone in my struggles. Mm. So for them to come and have a personal moment where they connect exactly how they needed it is so amazing. You bring up something interesting, too. A lot of youth want to go home on the first day. Let, let's throw yeah. that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those counselors, again, the coordinators get so many calls from parents on that first day. Hey, I don't want to stay. Because spirit is present, and there's a little bit uncomfortable because mm-hmm. they've never had that much feeling so fast on the first day. And they're so good to encourage them. Let's give it a night. Let's give it 24 to 48 hours. And by that point, they're in. Yeah. But it takes the courage of parents to say, hey, you traveled four hours away or six hours away. You know, there's there's also wisdom in moving the stake out of town to yeah. say, well, you're there. So let's let's just talk every night and I'll let's see how things are going on Wednesday. And if you do that, the program will love those kids right into it and they'll yes. be fine. But but there are a lot who it's and a lot don't do sleepovers anymore. So even going somewhere for five days in a row Maybe the first time they've ever been a whole week away from their families. Yeah. I think it's also worth noting, too, um, and something maybe we could do better at in general, is that, like, sometimes the Spirit is uncomfortable because the Spirit will invite change, and He'll invite you to think about things that you might not have thought about before, and He'll invite you to reflect on things that you maybe did not want to reflect on. And I think that... We always talk about the spirit as like a warm, fuzzy thing. But if we can help the youth see that, like when you come to FSY, we're going to do the best. Like we're going to create an environment that is safe that you can be a part of. But there might be some uncomfortable moments for you because you're going to be in tune with the spirit more than you might have ever been in your life. But just like ride that wave, you know, like be willing to ride the highs and the lows of it as you are experiencing the spirit in a way you never have before. And let the Spirit help you work through that discomfort and figure out how, like, you might need to change. Or maybe there's a situation you need to look at differently. And I think it can be a powerful opportunity for them to learn more about the Spirit, too, as they experience the uncomfortableness of FSY as well as the safety of it. And the counselors do such a good job identifying the Spirit in that moment, right? So. That makes a big difference, too, yeah. because for the first time, someone might put a label to the feeling. And the feeling could be warm feeling. It could be chills. It could be excitement. It could be joy. Like, they're going to feel things everywhere they're at, you know, even in the middle of the dance. So helping them identify it during that week also, because it's a big conversation they have every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big things, too, we remember is that it, we don't just send the kids away and and hook up the spirit to them like an IV, and we just pump them <laughs> with warm fuzzies and things like that. Um, but these student or these these youth all have opportunities to choose for themselves in every way. Um, they're not just going and just listening to somebody talk. These teachers are are incredibly engaging and invite reflection and and pondering in ways that that youth aren't used to in a lot of circumstances. They have opportunities to write down, reflect, and share with peers and listen to each other. 
they have opportunities for personal study. They, and so in all of these, these situations, the youth are learning how to discover the spirit for themselves. And so it's, we have to remember all of the other things that are going in FSY for teachers. I mean, your counselors are working all day, every day to help these youth feel they belong. And it's evident in classes that they feel safe and they can share in front of 100 kids mm-hmm. where in other circumstances they wouldn't share in front of 10. And for parents, I mean, these youth, they come back wanting to change, wanting to, to be different and with all of these goals and hopes to do so. And so we can feed that because they know now, they know how to study meaningfully and connect with the Savior in the scriptures through prayer. Um, they're journaling, they, they're learning the steps to how to come closer to the Savior. And, and so to feed that fire when they come home, you know, what goals do you have? What, because there's so many things that just go to contributing to teaching these youth how to connect themselves to the Savior. And throughout the week, you just see the counselor's faith in helping the youth and the youth buy in and then they're reaching out to others. And, and it's just, it's an incredible experience to watch and to teach how a quorum should look, how a young women's class should look. Um, I don't think there's any better modeling for how those things should work than at FSY. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, I totally agree. I add to that. You know, I love, I love the idea of, of comfort and comfortability. And I think they're, they're different. Like, you know, as, as, as they come in and have these experiences (laughs) where it's uncomfortable and it's awkward and they're not used to it, but I love that. I think there's so much good in, in helping them recognize, I don't know, I say this to my classes a lot, don't, don't rely on old revelation. And so I often have students come in and they're like, hey, I marked this in my scriptures, like, and it's a really cool thing. And I'm like, when? And they're like, oh, I don't know, like 10 years ago. And I'm like, okay, so it's no longer current revelation to you unless you are marking now to teach us something that furthers what you marked back then, you're just giving us old cool things that you learned. And so it's fun to see them, give them this experience where it's current revelation for them. Like it's uncomfortable. It's not easy. It was not meant to be. Like if we get stuck in the idea that revelation should be simple, we are missing out on what revelation is. Revelation is not simple. It is not always comfortable. It is something that an individual has to pay a price for. And the more that that person recognizes my price paid now will lead to amazing things later. The more that they'll, they'll have experiences right now rather than, oh, I'm relying on something that happened, you know, 10, 20, however long, well, not 20 years, they're not that old, but yeah. however long ago. Hopefully, yeah, in their life. Well, and that's where, as a parent, sending them to this program you put them in an environment where even though in your home, if you're teaching all the good things and you're doing come follow me and scriptures are being read and prayers are being given, you're in a good environment, but there is just something about them seeing other youth do things that maybe they've never done before. Several of the youth wrote, um, this is the first time I've knelt down on my knees and prayed out loud. Some of them said, this is the first time I've actually read the Book of Mormon every day for five days. Um, I remember sending my son to EFY I don't know, five or six years ago, and he came home with this drive of, I will never go to bed without reading the Book of Mormon. I was like, well, let's see how long this goes. It has gone up until now. He, Whatever the counselor did in that magical moment while they could see other youth brought him home with a habit that lasted all through high school, through his mission, and still now into college. And 
So there are, there is, there's magic in seeing other youth doing the right things and realizing, well, okay, I can do this. I can see they're doing it. And sometimes we say things like, you should study your scriptures every day, but youth go, well, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And at FSY, they see what it looks like and they feel what it means. And then they don't want to be without it. Amen. What was your observation of um, your classrooms? So as kids came in, was there any other things as part of your lesson that you would share or as a takeaway of how the teachers play such a big role? Because you're only there for two days. You're, you're yeah. flown in to teach on Tuesday and then again on Wednesday, and that's it. That, that's your part yeah. of the session. I think it's really valuable and important to learn as many names as you can. Like, at least a few in every class. And if you are making, even if you can't remember all of the names, if you're making an effort to individually shake their hand and, what's your name, where are you from, and you try to remember that, I think that that makes a huge difference. And I was, I am not a social person, contrary to popular belief. Really? I really struggle with big group situations, personally. Um, so part of me wanted to just kind of like hide behind the podium until all 150 kids were sat down and then I could begin my thing, you know, but I felt like there was a need to connect with them on an individual level as often as I could. And I really feel like that made a huge difference. And so if teachers take the time, literally like five names makes a difference because then you find those five kids come back to your class because you know their name and like they feel a connection to you and then you learn a few more names and even if you call them by the wrong name like you know somebody's name and they know that now so it just helps I think that makes a huge difference and you might think it's not worth it because you're only there for two days but it changes for them it changes a lot if you know their name it's so powerful to hear your own name even in your yes. individual classes, right, in seminary, when, when someone knows your name and identifies you, you do feel an instant connection. Yeah. Talk about the power in your class, Brother Johns, when you had them stand and sing. <laughs> and uh, how that, you're, you're lessing on belonging. There's a million comments in here. <laughs> oh, is that what they sat down throughout mm-hmm. the song? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about yeah. this. Yeah, I taught a, a lesson on sense of belonging. We know Chad Webb has mentioned in the last few years that uh, one of the reasons students aren't enrolling or have or we've seen a decline is that because they don't feel like they belong or they don't feel like they fit in. And so my whole lesson was on why they do belong and why we need them. And took a lot from Elder Holland's talk about uh, you know the voices in God's choir, and he says every voice is needed, every voice is important, every voice is unique. Every voice is irreplaceable. And he says, when we lose one voice in God's choir, essentially we lose, we lose power and, and, and uh, richness in the choir. And so I wanted to demonstrate that with these youth. And so I had them all stand up and said, we're starting a choir right now. And so 150 of them stand up. And I had them sing the first verse of I am a child of God and, and encouraged and invited them to sing with power and, and you know, vocally and loud, and and uh, they did a great job. And so we did it one time, and then I said, okay, we're going to sing it again. And so we start singing it again, and uh, slowly, just one section at a time, I started having everyone sit down, and and uh, until we got to one final person still standing singing. One yeah. sister, bless yeah. yeah. her heart. Yeah. Yeah. The sister just by herself just Killed finished. Me. I am a child of God, and she was super nervous and. But she finished it. She did great. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a discussion about that. You know, what did you notice as we 
started losing voices in the choir. And, uh, and so we kind of started discussing that and, and they said, you know, well, it, it got quieter. And, and, uh, this sister, I, I, I talked with her afterwards, I believe, or at some point and said, what did you feel when you were the last one standing? And in every situation, it seems like, well, I, I didn't have very much confidence and I felt alone and, and all these different things. And so, I don't know, I think the youth just got to see that when we're all together and we sing loud together, that there's power in that. And when we start to lose voices, uh, we start to lose some of that power and confidence. And so just teaching them that we need every one of your voices. We need you um, because every voice is needed in God's choir. One of the youth said, I'd never enjoyed large crowds. They gave me extreme anxiety. So I found myself not wanting to come. I struggle with being around those I don't know, but I think that I made a connection. I found myself getting comfortable talking with people and I finally made friends. Listening to Brother John's lesson about belonging really helped me realize I'm not as afraid as I thought I was. Love that. So that's something powerful in the world we live in today. That's that's incredible. Yeah, to hear these youth testimonies, just these small little captures, uh, every one of you as teachers had youth sitting in a room and every one of them had a different takeaway. <laughs> so they come with their own fears and their own labels and their own anxieties and then they leave with truth, which gives them power and confidence and then they leave knowing, I'm a child of God and I can do this. Yeah, that is really powerful. I love that idea too because it, I mean, you can imagine, I. I'm just imagining that when there's one girl left singing, bless her heart. For I would have stopped, I think. But like, you can imagine though that there were probably other people that wanted to stand up and join her because they did not want her to feel like they, you know. And what a powerful lesson too that like, if you do feel like you're alone, you might be inviting more people to to join in because they don't want you to be alone and they want to support you. And and we can pick that momentum back up. And bring the whole choir back in together, too, even when it might start as just one. Because some of the youth, at least where I was at in Montana, they it's a bunch of small towns where they are sometimes the only, them and their siblings are the only members of the church in their high school. And so it's very much a one-man choir or a two-man choir, right, where they are. And I think it was really powerful for them to be at FSY2 to see, hey, I might be the only one in my high school, but there are 450 kids in Northwest Montana that are supporting me mm-hmm. from their own little high schools. But like, we are still one choir together. It's yeah, powerful. I love that. They had a, another FSY in Virginia. Same thing. I had a youth comment say, I had no idea there were 600 youth in this area. And then they all made plans to meet up at the multi-stake dance. Yes! Because yeah. all of a sudden you pull a few out of all these high schools where they feel very alone and they definitely feel like a small number. And they recognize, oh, there is power in, in numbers. There's power in knowing that we're together. And I think they take that back. Yeah. I hope they take that back. That God is behind them. And all of a sudden, the confidence they have is no longer about what my friends think of me. It's, I'm going to connect with God every day, and I know He's got my back. Yeah. And it gives them the courage to try new things, to do hard things, and and build up a belief of, now I know why I'm here and who I am. I just going to add, I, had, I did a little bit of a, well, I had to speak at Wednesday Institute night just a few weeks ago, and and uh, I brought a portion of that into this, and so I had everyone sing, uh, stand up and sing, all these young single adults. Well, um, I narrowed it down to, to Brother Edwards, 
as the final singer. <laughs> and uh, Brother Edwards actually, like, you know, he's, he's like, he even told me afterwards, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm fairly confident in being able to sing, but it was interesting even watch a grown adult as he became the last singer, he started to kind of waver in that last few lines of I am a child of God. And, and just following up with him, he's, you know, he said, it's hard to sing by yourself. And he said, there's confidence and power that comes with numbers. And so I think what we saw at this FSY was when you get 400 youth in a place together, they feel that power and they feel a sense of belonging that they don't generally feel when they're out in the world. Yeah, and one of the states started a FSY group chat. This youth wrote, while I was here, we had a group chat that was so loving and supportive. I didn't even know I liked all of these youth. <laughs> but every night we had poured our hearts out to each other in the text and we all would share how much we loved each other. Then we started sharing how much we loved Christ. Then I realized how much we had all grown closer to Christ. I was so overcome with the love of those youth for me and the love that I know my Heavenly Father has for me. That's so powerful. that group chat starts at FSY and then continues when they get home. That doesn't go away. And that yeah. camaraderie and strength, even though you can't be in the same room at the same time, you know people have your back and people want to hear how you're doing. And that's, that's magical. I think to add to that, I, it was either a youth in my ward recently or a youth in my seminary this week that said they met someone at FSY and they started this group message with each other. And their whole group message, message has been encouraging each other to read the scriptures. And they said, we haven't missed a day since we got back from FSY. That's amazing. Yeah. Sounds I know, like, cool. I was one of those youth growing up that was very much on my own in living the gospel where I was. And I went to EFY, and so I would travel to Utah. So I wasn't even close to, like, the people that were in my company geographically. But even just knowing, like, even that experience... I'm still in contact with some of my roommates from EFY and I we still have a connection because for me that was huge to feel like I am not alone and I can have these connections and they stay and thank goodness we have technology that allows those connections to perpetuate because that mm -hmm. keeps the momentum going I think a lot easier. Yeah, that's so great. Well, just as a closing remarks, tell me your observation of the other things. So you were the teachers and the classes, which is a major part of the week. But you also saw these counselors working with the youth. You saw session directors, and each of you were at different sessions. Um, how do the different roles play a difference in the week? I just want to share this observation because it wasn't something I had considered prior to FSY. But uh, first of all, the counselors are amazing. Mm -hmm. And all of the young single adults that are running this are just phenomenal. Rock and, stars. Yeah, they're yeah. just great. <laughs> they're just awesome. But... Uh, but one thing I hadn't considered was they're young single adults. And when they came to our classes, they came to learn as well. Yeah. And uh, I had this one counselor stay behind and she said, I know that the message you brought today was for me. And I had never even considered that I was there to teach them. And so I thought that was pretty neat to see the power that came from teaching the young single adults that were running the show as well, that they came to be fed and they came to receive the messages that were there as well. So just kind of an interesting observation that I hadn't prepared for or thought mm -hmm. about ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. I had a very similar experience, same thing after the first class. It was it was one of the counselors that, that came up and, and shared those similar feelings and, and I had a very similar realization that 
the Lord was, I mean, he's, he's working on everybody here. And I think the counselors blew me away. I was, I was astounded at what they were able to do just when, um, when the student or when the youth came in into our classrooms and, and as they were there and we walked around the, the night before and went and saw where we we're going to teach. And we see these counselors working with these youth and they're bonding and they're playing and they're, they're making these connections and they run the, the R and R's at night and these discussions and reflections. And, and you can see when they come in, they stick with their counselor, with their company, with their group. Um, and, and you can just see as it goes on, there's more connections that are to be made. And so students start to, or youth start to make connections to us as teachers. You know, that second day that we're teaching, they come to another class and, and you feel this connection and they stick behind because they want to stay in our class or they stick with a group that they have felt connected to strongly. So you see these friend groups forming as the days go on and, and with the counselors you see and, and the counselors can be so great at just welcoming and inviting anyone. I mean, if you, you walk into a classroom and, and if, if as they start coming in, there's some stragglers or some that are not really in a group, the counselors will reach out to them. You can go talk to them and say, hey, I need, I need everyone with somebody, right? Can you reach out? Can you make sure? And they're on it. I mean, we didn't have to worry about, at least I didn't have to worry about discipline or, or crowd control. The counselors are just all over it. Like, they really just take care of everything so that you can just teach. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many efforts and session directors preparing with devotionals and um, everyone is contributing to this experience and you can feel it in your contribution. You know, you can feel everything the counselors are doing. You can feel what the youth are doing to reach out or to be vulnerable. You can feel that. You can feel what the session directors are doing. And so there's just so much faith and prayers going into this experience that it's impossible not to see miracles. And you just get to come in and, and be a part of it. And it's amazing. Just Even just for two days, to just be a part of was incredible. I can't even imagine what a whole week would look like. So, I definitely feel like, too, it's important as teachers and I don't know what EFY used to be like. I was a kid at EFY. <laughs> like, I never was a teacher there. But I feel like there is, it's important for teachers, session directors, and counselors to work together. It is not a contest of popularity here. Like, you are not trying to outdo another teacher, outdo the session directors. If you go in with that attitude, you are going to be on your own. <laughs> like, it's just not, but if you like, I took the opportunity on on Tuesday of our first FSY because I was scared out of my mind. I just talked to a couple of the counselors in the hallway about what they had noticed about the youth so far. Like, are you noticing anything about their needs or like, just give me something to work with. And, and they told me some great things that was super helpful for me. And we tried to connect with other teachers and know what they were teaching. So if a youth specifically mentioned a struggle, we're like, Hey, brother so-and-so is teaching on that exact thing like go to his class and and be ready for it and I think the more you can work together as a group the better the experience becomes for the youth because everyone is on the same page and everyone is working together for that goal so I I just hope that teachers and session directors and counselors are willing to work together and share together and be on the same page and and drop your pride like if you're sending kids to another class it's okay (laughs) you know like send them where they need to be Mm -hmm. and help them get where they need to be to have an experience 
love it. Um, I I would share if we have a time. I'd share maybe two quick stories. Um, Heavenly Father has a way of arranging things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good at what he does. Uh, we we were originally supposed to go to Arizona, um, and then our week got switched, and we we got moved to Moscow. And Moscow's where I went to college, <laughs> um, which I love. And I I got up there, and the first two people that I see is one of my old students who was one of the counselors and uh, my old institute teacher. And uh, it, was, it was such a cool experience because throughout the week, I had an opportunity um, to give a blessing to my old student that she asked for as, as she was going through some, some hard things as a counselor, which they do. I mean, you're away from your family longer than the kids are. You're going through um, all of these different experiences that you've never experienced before. And, and Heavenly Father arranged for that to happen. Um, the second one was on my last day, and uh, oh, I hope I keep this together. I'm um, on my last day. Um, I had an opportunity um, right before I walked in my last class, just like this. Um, my old institute teacher, I actually taught his children who had special needs. My wife and I worked in special needs. And uh, we, I was about to walk into my last class, and he, he stopped me. And uh, he just said, I have to tell you something about you and your wife. You have changed our lives. You have blessed us so much. We want you to know that. And this was right as I was walking in to talk about my daughter who has special needs. And uh, as he said that, I thought to myself, why now? Like, you could have done this at any other time. And, and I walked into class, and it was um, starting off my lesson of recognizing that Heavenly Father puts you where you need to be. In, in situations, in arrangements. I don't know how he does it, um, but he has this incredible way of placing you in, in, in situations that will bless you most. And uh, being there and hearing that from him and then letting him know that a year and a half ago we had a baby with, with severe special needs. Um, and then going into my classroom and teaching that and then finishing my lesson and having so many kids come up and say, I needed that, was just this moment that I thought to myself, it couldn't have been arranged any other way. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, I, I think to myself, Heavenly Father, he puts us in the places that we need to be. And if we're willing to go and do, I don't think it was an accident that the counselors were where they were. I don't think it was an accident that the teachers were where they were. I don't think it was... You know, I mean, could we all have had a better situation? I'm sure we would all love to go teach in Hawaii. Like, sign me um, up. Yeah, <laughs> sign me up. I'd go. But to be in the place that we're supposed to be, heaven knows. And I think that's one of the cool things about FSY is it is, it is directed by the Lord. It is directed by His prophet. It is directed by individuals who are inspired. And I think the coolest thing about Revelation is is recognizing that. Revelation comes in, in many different packages, and sometimes it's in an assignment, and sometimes it's in an opportunity, and sometimes it's in a cancellation um, that, that Revelation is able to come forward and heaven is able to do what heaven does. And, and I think as, as we and as the youth begin to trust in that even more, we're going to be put in opportunities that we will find ourselves recognizing that heaven and heavenly father is far more aware of our situations than, than maybe we could ever understand. And, and 
I think FSY was was such an experience and a testimony for me uh, of knowing that Heavenly Father knows who I am. He knows where I am, and uh, He knows where these kids are. And I mean, there's there's nothing more important than being known and feeling known and recognizing that Heavenly Father knows you. Thank you all so much. I I know as we stand in front of those large crowds, I definitely felt the Savior's love for every single one of those youth. And it is such a gift to feel how much He loves the youth of the church and how much He desires to be part of their life. And this program opened up their minds to the idea of letting Him lead them forward and be courageous even when they get back to the hard things. They get back to the friends and school and the monotony of life, just all the challenges they face as youth. I hope they come home with that knowledge that He is there for them and He wants to be part of every single thing they do. So thank you for being teachers, thank you for participating in the program and for your testimonies. So grateful to be with you today.